Hello, welcome to a special edition of Coffee and Conversation. I'm Jeff Harris, District and County Superintendent of Schools. And in the time it takes us to maybe have a cup of coffee or, or, or a cup of water because it is summer and it's very hot outside with a friend, um, we want to invite you to join with us and have a conversation about things that are important and that might interest you about Del Norte Schools. So right now we are looking at bringing students back onto campus after almost seven months of our campuses being closed because of COVID-19. And joining us today is somebody who has been absolutely instrumental in preparing um, all of our st- all of our staff, all of our all of our plans. Uh, and that is Diane Cochran Wee. So Diane, welcome. Thank you. If you haven't met Diane, she is the principal at Best Maxwell School. Um, but Diane, you, you truly have done an amazing, absolutely amazing job at putting some of this stuff together. Um, you worked over the summer with, uh, some district office folks on the, the district epidemic pandemic plan. And then you did a lot of training with our principals on the, oh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. SSSP, what? PSS. SSSPSS. And what does it's that the, stand for? It's the school site uh, protection plan for the school safety. For school safety. So, so we actually have uh, a district plan, plus we have 12 more very specific plans as we move forward. Correct. So tell us a little bit about what went into all of those plans. We had a, um, a template to work from. Um, so things that we added in to our site specific plans were our routes in and out of school, ingress and egress, how students are going to be going out to recess, how they're going to come back from recess, how they're going to go to lunch, how they're going to get dropped off, how they're going to get picked up. All of those little things that really matter to, you know, making sure that the day flows, uh, normally, and oh, yeah. making sure that that we can get all that stuff together and, and safely re- and safely. Well, and, and really, you guys worked through as an entire administrative staff and also reaching out to teachers throughout the process and classified staff. You really worked through documenting everything we've always done as a school. But now we've overlaid everything with this additional safety component and how to how to minimize exposure to um, larger groups, how to uh, enforce distancing, cohorting, um, to cleaning and disinfecting. Oh my to gosh! The you know how we do that in the classroom, how to do that in the offices, the restrooms, the telephones, handrails, hand washing, copy machines. You think about the copy machines and how many people touch those. Um, all of our <laughs> common areas, the playground structures, um, outdoor common areas, and uh, even down to our, our personal areas, whether it's a, a classified person's personal area or my personal area. I'm I'm doing my own stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and, and, you know, as we go through this whole process, too, it really is. It's not just thinking about what are we doing with students. We are thinking about what are we doing with students while they're interacting with staff? What are we thinking about with students when they're interacting with one another? What about staff interacting with staff? What about schools interacting with schools? I mean, it, it's been all over the place, right? It's all of those little things that you never thought about before and going, huh, Maybe we need to rethink that. How many people can really be in that coffee, uh, the coffee room um, or in the next to the coffee machine? It's it's all of those little things that we've never, ever, ever had to think about. Yeah. Um, so it's it is it's totally changed what we do and how we do business. 
And, and I know that we've had a lot of people ask about those plans. And so if anybody's interested in seeing all of the site plans or the pandemic epidemic plan for the district, you can go to www.dnusd.org slash family resources. They're down at the bottom of the page and everything is available and you can see what's going on at each school site. So um, again, Dan, I really want to thank you for that. I mean, it was, it was a ton of work. And um, I think when principals came back the 1st of August, you you were working with them as a group and they were working together to really get these plans mm-hmm. done all the way up. I mean, well, they're and, still and, still working on them at the moment. Yes. Well, <laughs> when the thing about it is, I don't think we're ever going to be done. No, right? everything they're, is they're going, living documents. Totally. Um, everything is in draft form. Um, we won't know until after we go back to phase four. Did it really work? Right. And what do we need to change? So after action is going to be years, I think. Yeah. Well, and somebody said it the other day, we've created, you can create the best plan in the world, but the minute that you operationalize it is the minute that you have to change it. Minute by minute, yep. day by day, yeah. <laughs> week by week. <laughs> well, and, and even, you know, as, as you know, I know that the district has gotten some, uh, critique because there were some folks who said, well, why wasn't it done? Well, we were coming up, we were getting changes up until, well, we're still getting changes, but we, the latest change was just two weeks ago and they completely changed the entire system of when a school had to shut down or what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about SB 98 and then there was, um, something else that came out after that, that attached to SB 98. It's like, Holy cow, people, slow down just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. Th- those words you hate to hear. We're, we're with the government. We're here to help. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so let, let's just talk about a couple of the things that I know that we've really been, um, that it's been on the mind of folks as we've talked to them. And one of those is as we bring students back into our schools, we have some checklists of things that we need to get out to families. Families need to understand kind of what their responsibility is. Cause like, like we are having to respond to things differently within the school. Families are going to have to respond to things a little bit differently to get their children into school. True. So you mind sharing some um, information off the daily checklist with us? So the, the daily checklist, um, parents need to be screening their own students. We're going to be doing passive screening for this school year um, until we go back to phase four, um, looking for um, a fever, a cough, a shortness of breath. Um, if your student is experiencing things like fatigue, sore throat, um, vomiting, nausea, all of those things that we typically look for, um, but we're going to be a little bit more hypersensitive and hyper aware mm-hmm. of of those things. Um, the other, the last thing is making sure that um, if your student has had someone a close contact with someone who is being diagnosed with COVID, um, we need to know. Um, so just know that when things happen, we will be calling families and saying, "Hey, this is what we're seeing," um, just so that you. That they are aware. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know, we we talked a little bit in a different podcast um, with Randy Fugate and Paige Swan about the screening tool and how that's been working so far uh, with the smaller groups that have been back, um, but also about the importance of utilizing that tool as we kind of move ahead. So, um, again, if you haven't heard that podcast or haven't been able to open it up. If you have a child who's exhibiting any of the symptoms on the screening form, we're actually asking you to keep your child at home um, for at least 24 hours after the symptoms have resolved. 
without the use of medication, right? Don't, yeah, don't cover, don't mask the symptoms. Just make sure that they're, that right. they're healthy when they send them to school. And, and do that screening before they leave the house, because if they do come to school and the screening hasn't been done, then uh, we'll be screening. Uh, Paige had shared that, that basically they do, they bring the children into a particular room, which is part of that school site safety plan. Um, they ask those screening questions. They take a temperature with the no touch infrared thermometer. And if the child doesn't pass the screening, then that child has to remain isolated until a family member can come or family or guardian can come pick them up. And we're going to be holding to that. So yeah. please make sure parents out there that you're doing the screening for your, for your child um, on the, the paper one right now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be paper for the next few weeks. Then we'll be rolling into hopefully a digital one. Good. Good, good. Uh, but, but what we really want to let folks know is that, you know, if you have to keep your child at home, we really want you to do that because this year we're not really going to be focusing SARB on students that are gone because we're really focusing on making sure that everyone stays healthy and safe. And so I would prefer that a child stays home while they're having that cough, that, that, um, that fever, whatever the symptom is that may be related to COVID and that they're not coming to school and potentially spreading whatever illness they may have. I mean, because a lot of these symptoms are also not just COVID related symptoms, right? Very similar to the flu. Exactly. So, um, and we don't want that spreading either. No, no. Well, and you know, I think that's important too, because even if it is the flu, because those, the symptoms are so closely related that um, it could be. And, and what you'll see in a lot of our communication is that the public health officer also is part of the conversations around opening and closing schools, opening and closing classrooms. And if epidemiologically, it looks as if we're having some sort of larger outbreak, then there is always the potential that we could end up having to close a cohort or a classroom or a school or potentially the district. Correct. Right. Yes. So, you know, that's the other question that I have gotten though, Diane, is when might we close a cohort or when might we close a school? So when we're looking at closing cohorts, um, we're looking at about 5% of, of that cohort being um, coming up with symptoms or, or being out. Um, if we're looking at closing a school, again, 5%, I mean, if we just take Best Maxwell, for example, mm-hmm. um, we have about 300 people and we're talking about all of the staff, students, everybody that works there. So we have about 300. And if we're thinking about um, 5% of that, about 15 people. And if I have 15 people that are out with symptoms, most likely the school is going to close right. for, for disinfection um, and cleaning and all that. Um, larger uh, when we're closing the um, thinking about closing the district, it is about 25%. So we're looking at school wide. If we have four schools that close, we have, I, I don't want to do that. No, I no, don't no. want to do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I want my kids back. I am. I was so excited the other day when they walked in the door. I heard the air brake on the bus and I was out the door and running and there were kids. <laughs> um, I don't want to lose that opportunity. Um, right. and I don't want the kids to lose the opportunity for their education. So, well, and again, I think that this screening is going to help us. This, this checklist is going to help what's in those school site safety plans about, um, making sure that, that students are washing their hands or using hand sanitizer, that face coverings are utilized appropriately 
and is directed at all times, um, making sure that um, uh, we're keeping that physical distance. You know, I mean, I think all of these things play a part as well as just that situational awareness of our families. You know, again, we were talking earlier with um, uh, Randy and Paige about the fact that folks traveling out of about our 120 mile bubble um, mm. risk bringing things back into our community. Right. Um, and, and I know that that's been a big concern, too. Yes. And just to let um, parents know that we do have a plan for communication with families when things um, do happen. So if a student or a staff member um, exhibits COVID, um, they're going to be sent home. Right. Um, and then we'll wait 24 hours and um, there won't be any communication for that piece. But if a family member or someone in, with a co close contact with a student or staff member tests positive, um, we're going to be reporting that information um, and that they will be out and a letter will go out to the to the families affected. Mm -hmm. um, if um, a student or staff member tests positive, uh, we're going to be there are certain actions that we're going to be taking and, and we will communicate that information to parents also. Um, and so there's, there's going to be a, I know there's been a lot of communication, um, before and there's going to continue to be a lot of communication, which right. is, it's a good thing. Uh, however, those are the communications we hope we don't have to put I out. I don't want right? to do that. I do not want to do that. No, no, because we're going to wash our hands and we're going to stay six feet apart. We're going to do all those things that we need to do. Right. But, but I mean, it is important that families know that it's not, we're not going to be, um, you know, uh, and again, people have said things about, you know, the district might sweep things under the rug or not let people know. We can't do that. We can't do that. And we have a very clear protocol on when we are going to let folks know. And again, um, I believe that this protocol is actually on our website. So people can go back and take a look at that family resources page. <laughs> and that communication protocol is right there. You can see when you're going to get that letter. And if if you're hearing about things and you don't get the letter, there's one of three things. Number one, it's not true and it's a rumor that's out there. Number two, it doesn't meet the criteria for us to be notifying families. Um, or number three, you may not have something on file that we need, like a uh, an address. Or a phone number. A phone number. Email address. Yeah. Please make sure that all that stuff, contact information stays current too. Well, exactly. Because again, if we go to send letters home to a cohort or to a class or to a school um, and we don't have that, you may not be notified. So Correct. it's really important. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I think that the last kind of thing as we go into this, Diane, and I'm going to ask you this as in your principal hat, um, you, you were a lot like uh, some of the other folks that we were talking to. Uh, and the minute you talked about the minute you talked about kids coming onto campus, you got happy. You got a big smile on your face. This year, we know some things are going to be the same for students across our camp or across our district. Some things are going to be vastly different. Um, what are you hoping stays the same? We've talked about some of the differences. What are you hoping stays the same? And ultimately, what's your goal for this year? I want my kids back on campus. I, I want that to be that same piece for all of them. Um, I'm, I truly, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in my office crying because there's no, the, the school is not alive without kids. Right. You have to have kids in order 
to have a school. Um, and all the adults on, t- on campus, they're really cool people. Um, but um, I prefer the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so my hope uh, is that we can provide some normalcy uh, for our kids um, and for our adults. Um, this has affected across the board. It has affected a lot of us. Um, so I want to be able to provide our kids the very best education they can get. Um, and I would love to be in phase four like yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's something everybody's crossing their fingers I know, for. I don't I know, know how long it's going to be, but, um, oh, it's going to feel like forever. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. For those of you that have watched the Sandlot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so again, Diane, I just want to thank you for mm. all the hard work that you've put in on supporting both the district and, and school sites on their school site safety plans. Um, on working with, uh, Michael Hawkins, our public information officer to make sure that we've got good graphics, good information out to our families. Um, we hope that our families are really, um, engaging and participating Mm -hmm. because ultimately all we can do is monitor and respond. It's our families that are really going to be um, preventative and proactive as far as making sure that the children stay safe and healthy um, so that we can continue to have schools open. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Well, and, and you're welcome back anytime. I think this was your first podcast. This right? is my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do better next time. <laughs> many, many more to come. Well, oh, great. <laughs> and again, Diane, thanks very much. Thank you.